Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Thursday morning. Hoping all is well with you out there today, as always. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about my thoughts on what what I guess maybe the Kratom debate can be boiled down to. This isn't this isn't the cause of the debate and this isn't like the solution or what will ultimately decide it. This is just kind of like my brief sum up of when I'm thinking about the debate over Kratom, what what does it really come down to? Like what what are the primary three, maybe four factors going into this that are going to help dictate the direction of the debate and ultimately where it might end up going? So I'll get straight to the point here. No meandering today. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm thinking. Ultimately, I think that the, the decisions around like banning Kratom and or regulating it, I'm just going to put the, the two together and just say any sort of controversy around like how we deal with Kratom. Ultimately, I think that the controversy around how we deal with Kratom can more or less be boiled down to three things, maybe four. Number one, scientific evidence, research, studies, things like that. What do they show? Number two, public health and safety concerns. Is having this thing out there in the public going to cause mayhem? And is it a risk to everyone? Three, individual rights and freedoms. Does taking this off of the shelves of a smoke shop, for instance, but not online... Uh, you know, some online vendor, does that restrict the rights and individuals of some people but not others? Does making it illegal restrict the rights and freedoms of individuals and uh, in, an, in an undue, in, an, in a way that's not uh, merited, let's say? Things like that. So those are the three primary things I think that are going into the way that this debate, controversy, whatever you want to call it, is going to play out or is playing out. But there is a fourth hidden one that I also want to talk about. So I will touch on that one in a second. So the first part, what does the scientific evidence show? Well, everyone, I think, generally agrees that the, that the, the jury's still out on a lot of different aspects of Kratom when it comes to, like, what's a safe level of mitragynine or 7-hydroxymitragynine? Um... You know, when does that level change in the natural drying process versus like uh, after you dry it artificially versus if you're making an extract, like are you missing other alkaloids that would normally be there or are you getting some that wouldn't normally be there, uh, but you're getting them anyway and you don't even know it, you know, things like that. Um, I think the scientific evidence is very sparse. We don't have too much looking at that. And I think that Everybody who ends up talking about Kratom ends up saying, well, more research is needed. Yeah, totally. Definitely. I think a lot of people agree on that. However, I think that we must note the fact that 
between every entity that wants to have Kratom banned. They have not been able to produce more than potentially maybe seven cases where Kratom was the only substance involved, and yet they cannot confirm that. And the CDC says that those seven cases might have other substances involved, and also a few of them now they're saying may have had salmonella involved as well as other substances. Ay ay ay. So scientific evidence-wise, sure the jury's still out on the small level, but when it comes to is kratom deadly on its own naturally, I'm gonna say no. Like I don't see any evidence of it yet. And the closest that I've seen is someone pass away and someone else pass away in a completely different time zone 20 years ago in both reports they uh they did not have any illegal drugs in their system but they both had an antidepressant and an antihistamine so you know and all all three antihistamine antidepressant and kratom use the same enzyme pathway and when they block each other the absorption gets slowed down we do know that and so um We need more cases of people dying from Kratom to be able to say whether it's deadly or not. And until then, uh, the debate over like what the what the the science shows and evidence shows must revolve around. Well, does it how how uncomfortable or dangerous is it for your liver or uncomfortable does it make you or whatever? But like we can't have a debate around whether or not it's deadly if we can't find any deaths (laughs) like like that, I think, needs to be said It, it again. I don't have an agenda here. I don't care. I really don't care. But it, it's BS if someone like w- is going to sit here and say, well, it's killing people left and right. It, it is not until it is. Like, show me and then I'll believe it. Next, public health and safety concerns. Okay, this is what I think a lot of people are actually meaning when they're talking about Kratom being dangerous. I think Kratom is dangerous. I think it's dangerous just like um, antihistamines are dangerous. And the fact that more people have died from them than Kratom, and I mean more people died from using Benadryl alone and other over-the-counter antihistamines alone than Kratom, um, it makes me kind of worried, you know? It's like, okay, well, I don't think that antihistamines should be banned because even though some people have died from taking them, they were taking a lot of them. Also, they were mixing them with other substances. So my next thought is, okay, public health and safety concerns. Does does having an antihistamine, uh, you know, available to the public, over the counter, widely available, does that put the public health, you know, does that put the public health at risk? And and is it such a risk that we shouldn't have the antihistamines there? My next thought is, well. All these people, you know, like you get stung by a bee and you're kind of allergic to bees and you don't have an EpiPen with you, you, you need a Benadryl. Like you need something, you need an antihistamine. And um, other people are just taking antihistamines for other reasons that are still very serious, like severe allergic reactions. And then you have really dumb teenagers taking way too much Benadryl to get like high. And then you have, you know, people taking Benadryl when they don't really need it, but they take it anyway and it kind of does the trick, but not really. Like, People are complex. It's all over the place. People are using things for different reasons. And I don't think at the end of the day that taking Benadryl off the shelf is going to, to like, you know, make the world a, a better place by making the public, you know, more safe. I don't think that's going to create a more safe environment for the public. So that's why, like, 
that aspect of the argument doesn't really seem to work there for me. So when I'm thinking about Kratom, I'm like, um, I don't really know what to say there. It's like, it's helping a lot of people. I'm sure it's hurting a lot of people too. Like I've read a lot of reports of people saying that, that Kratom has ruined their life and destroyed it. Okay, that's fine. Um, but does it warrant taking it away? And I don't know. I don't know if we're only looking at that. Because there is this aspect of personal responsibility, right? Like, I think I hear this a lot from Kratom proponents. People are responsible adults. You need to let them make decisions for themselves. And uh, you can't take Kratom away because you think that they're going to abuse it. Okay, well, you know, that's totally, you know, true. But also, then I think well, why don't we have other things available to us that aren't? Like, um, psychedelics. Should we be able to get psychedelics over the counter? Maybe, but that's pretty interesting to think about, right? Because then it's like, what if you get a kid who's pissed off at his teacher and all he has to do is go into a gas station or pay someone to walk in for him and get him, get him like something that he can dose his teacher with and then like... You know, what happens then? And I have heard stories of kids doing this by getting it illegally, which somewhat disputes this argument. But there are ways in which I could make an argument saying psychedelics should never be over the counter. I could also make an argument for it. But that you see that there's a bit of complexity there. Then it comes to like, well, is the public responsible enough to make decisions about fentanyl? It's killing people left and right. It's all illegal, more or less, when people are people are dying left and right from it because they're getting it in, uh, uh, illegally, and they also already have a history of drug addiction. And it's just stronger and um, and all that. And so my thought is, well, on the one hand, uh, I'm sure a lot of people who need access to pain medications but can't get it for various reasons would really benefit from that. On the other hand, I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing to do right now when our nation is in a public health crisis when it comes to uh, downers, let's just put it. So, in my opinion, no, fentanyl should not be over the counter. So it's like, there are these varying degrees of these things. I'm sure some some of these probably align with most people and others might, like, really be split over different things. Like, I don't know what people generally think about psychedelics, but I would assume that most people are in favor of keeping fentanyl off of, like, the shelves of any convenience store (laughs) but i mean that's just my opinion i don't know maybe people are thinking differently than i am but regardless this helps inform my thoughts on what i think about kratom being over the counter and if i'm thinking about this my thought would be that kratom at the moment i can't really see a real risk to public health that that is coming out of kratom being accessible in some form Now, I do think there needs to be some regulations around getting it, but I don't think it needs to be prescribed by a doctor. That is my thought right now. That could change. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'll think down the road, but that's where I'm at right now. Finally, talking about individual rights and freedoms, this one can be a tough topic to talk about. And then on top of that, it's very intertwined and and interrelated with public health and safety concerns. There's kind of like this push and pull between state and its people and uh, how much can the state be looking out for its people's interest if if the people want something that the state isn't letting them have and uh, it's almost like it's philosophical it's it's political it's uh it's it, there's a million things that go into this argument 
and um and i don't really know about that one either like i i that you could get as as esoteric as you'd like with this one or you can get as grounded and and down to earth and simple as you would like with this but ultimately i don't really know how much individual rights and freedoms factors in and doesn't factor into this although i did an episode on what i think like the the overlap between uh the argument for libertarianism um having some overlap with kratom uh proponents and uh versus opponents and and the interesting overlaps there not that i was taking any sort of stance on that uh political train of thought but um but it's there right and there's a lot of people who feel like i have the right to be able to to get anything that i want and just let me figure it out you know and um that kind of goes along with like the state's opposite view of like well if we think this is going to cause mass mayhem and it's a public health concern or hazard we're not going to let you get it and so there's a push and pull there and and i think that maybe public health safety concerns since the state is in control of the people even though the people elect the people of the state in this country um and it's supposed to kind of be a bit of both and it kind of isn't kind of isn't and lord knows i'm not going down that road right now (laughs) um uh it it kind of seems to me that maybe the public health crisis kind of thing like will this or will this not cause public health crisis or be a hazard to public health um that that kind of will inform what ultimately ends up being the case more so than what people's individual rights and freedoms are because like people's individual rights and freedoms have not dictated every single substance that we have available to us it seems to be the other way around so anyway not taking a stance on that one but definitely think that that's the way that it's been going at least historically now here's the hidden one the fourth and final thing that is yeah i guess the 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 shadow reason like the shadow factor it's the shadow and behind everything else that's behind the scenes that fourth one i think is money where's the money who is benefiting from any sort of decision and i think it's very obvious that most decisions that happen when it comes to how things are dictated from a state level or nationally it doesn't really matter money is involved to some degree and i think that with kratom as it's a new you know industry that's starting to really take off and at the same time it kind of counters this narrative that there are two or three medications that must be used um to combat uh, opioid use disorder let's say um you know methadone suboxone for instance and that anything else is causing harm and you know they're selling it in smoke shops across the street from all these clinics and but it's like why do we have all these clinics to begin with because we have a crisis and how do we solve it because they aren't working um that whole scenario is also fueled by money and where the money goes and how it will dictate you know the the end product of this whole controversy i have no idea but I don't know, <laughs> but but I know it's there, and I know that it is potentially the shadow factor, by that meaning the background thing, the thing that is superseding all of these other three things that are supposed to be the reasons why we decide on substance, uh, you know, a substance being banned or regulated or not. I think this one's kind of like pulling some of the strings, not all of them, but a lot of them and maybe most, but who knows, who knows? Um, some people do know. Eh, I just don't happen to be one of them at the moment. But who knows? Maybe I'll find out. 
Okay, everyone, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, this was a very, very, very long, drawn-out way of me saying I think there are four things going into the Kratom controversy. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end it. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow to finish off the week. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.